divinely talented artist and uh i just got to know her in the last i knew of her like i knew of her like like everybody knows of luminaries um but i i actually got to spend a little time with her in some spaces and i just really just admire and dig her welcome susan clinard thank you babs i'm so happy to be here and i adore you too i really (laughs) this is this is adoration day yep (laughs) So Susan, uh, you are a world-class sculptor and an artist and all these kinds of things, but you're not from New Haven. Nope. Where are you from? Uh, Born in Ohio and moved all over as a kid. Uh, Come from a big family. And wherever my dad got a better job, he's an engineer, worked at Ford, and we would just pick up and go. Uh, and I lived in North Carolina, I lived in Canada, I lived in many places in Michigan, Ohio, but I really call my home Chicago because that's where I really, I was a young woman, I was there for 15 years, it's really where my sculpture took off, it's where my my spirit um, felt grounded and blossomed, and where I met just, uh, it's, it's, I call it my home basically, even yeah. though I live in New Haven and I do love it, but Chicago will always be my home. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, listen, all that deep dish pizza. <laughs> Except for the pizza, New Haven is way better. Yay! Better. Yay. So Susan, when did you know you were an artist? Did, did you grow up in an artistic family? Like, were you given crayons and things to play with? Like, when did you know that you had this ability? I was always um, making things as a kid. Like, I'll never forget be, you know, there were six of us. So my mom would just throw us in the backyard and just let us have at like whatever. And I remember making mud pies and shoot. Um, we didn't have a lot of money. So it was always like, figure out what to do. And so it was always inventive play. Um, uh, I remember making dolls, like paper dolls. And it was like the only attention I ever got from teachers growing up, like, oh, you're you're good. You're good in art because I wasn't like the best, best student. But I I mean, so it kind of gave me my heart a little thump thump that I knew like, oh, wait, I got something a little special. Um, (laughs) I think when I was 19, I took my first sculpture class and I touched that clay. And I, you know, I know this sounds melodramatic, but it was like, holy mother of mother, like, I get this, like, it felt good. There was this like immediate, like, oh, okay. Um, and, you know, to this day, I just got the goosebumps because it was that real. It was that like a- an awakening experience. So, I mean, I knew I was an artist as a little person. I didn't get my degree in art when I went to school, but uh, I just kept on making and making. And then- What did you get a degree in? Anthropology. <laughs> and like sociology it was like I I did a lot of work with women in prison um I went to University of Michigan um and uh 
Yeah. So I knew I love people so much and I love making art so much, but no one was ever there as, uh, in my life as a young person to say, you know, you can do this. You actually could try to make a living as an artist, but no one was there. Um, and I think that's why I continue to try to give back today because those little voices, even if it's from someone you don't necessarily know all that much, to hear that it is yet another way of understanding this world and validating how you um, absorb this world is a very real thing. And not a, lot of, not a lot of young people have access to hearing from, you know, people who are really trying, you know, eking out a living trying to do this. So, mm. yeah. so tell me about your very first exhibition. Ooh, oh, okay, this is really funny. So it was in, <laughs> in college and okay, this is, I'm gonna try to be as appropriate as I possibly can on air. <laughs> But I had my first sweetheart and I was like, oh, I think I'm going to do a life-size torso. But he couldn't wear, he couldn't pose nude because it was that kind of college. You had to be conservative. So I had to imagine all that what's under, underneath the shorts, if you know what I mean. And let me just say it was a um, particular position that when my mom, bless her heart, when she came to see the exhibition, and that torso was put up on a pedestal so your eye level <laughs> at like the crotch level she's like oh that's very interesting you know she was trying to reserve but I mean I think about it now I'm in hysterics because I'm like oh mama what she must have thought anyway so boom there it is I've got this big old torso of this young man who's a little excited let's just put it that way didn't know really <laughs> I didn't know. And, uh, and I had a couple portraits in there and uh, people came up and they just kind of, I just remember feeling really good because it's the first time in my life I had some sense of um, uniqueness and my voice was starting to come out. So, mm. <laughs> so now, do you, so you're a painter, a sculptor, what else? Well, I don't know if I'd call myself a painter. I, I try. I don't understand color. Um, I mean, I do collage work. I work with tons of mixed media. I mean, I would say I'm pretty much a sculptor who also enjoys trying to paint. Mm -hmm. I think I'm not a legit painter by any okay. means. Yeah. All right. So, so becoming an artist, a, a working artist to get paid for your work, um, when, did, when did that begin? Like, do you remember the first piece you ever sold? Yes, I remember. So I was a s social worker in Chicago working with um, two agencies with that's under foster, the foster care uh, system. Mm -hmm. And when I finally kind of burnt out from that, I um, decided to try to do this art thing full time. And I remember there was this Russian lady, I can't remember how she found out about my work, but my, my little apartment in Chicago was filled. Every surface had little sculptures and just, it was crazy. People would come in like, what is this place? So she came in and she bought this little figure like this and another little piece. And I was a nervous wreck. I couldn't even tell her how much it was worth. So she just wrote me a check for like a thousand bucks. So a thousand dollars. I mean, I thought I broke the bank, 
And I, my sister and I, who I live with, we went grocery shopping. <laughs> we thought we were so cool. I was like filling the cart with like just all this stuff that you wouldn't have to, you know, it was great. And it was such a cool feeling. It was such a cool feeling. So when you, when you're, when you're this artist's life, right? Because you're a wife and a mother too, right? So that has to yeah. sort of fit in. Um, did you, did you have doubts, Susan? Like, did you? Did you doubt your ability? Did you doubt that this was the calling? Did you doubt that you could you could really make some inroads in this life? Um, there's no question that I uh, was an anxious, nervous wreck a lot. I mean, just, well, I shouldn't say a wreck, but I, uh, in the deepest, let me put it this way, in the deepest, deepest part of me, I knew that what I was doing was what I was put on this earth to do. So let's, let's break it down to that. And as a young woman, you know, having children and like, um, depending on the gig economy, so to speak, where you don't know where your next um, paycheck's going to go to how to pay your, your studio rent and everything, there has to be such a internal strength to um listen to yourself and 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 cancel out all that outside noise where um there's a deep trust uh so i'm not sure if it's called doubt i mean i definitely had hard and i still do like i still do you know i'm even though i i've gotten my work out there a lot and i do sell more or less on a consistent basis uh, it's, it's a little bit scary from month to month because you don't know, you know, I don't have any gallery that represents me exclusively. Uh, I'm just kind of hustling on my own terms, but I get to be free in that. Um, mm -hmm. nobody's telling me. Talk a little bit about that because I, I hear artists talk about that kind of freedom yeah. and, and I, g give me some sense of what that means. Well, for one thing, here's something that I hear on a regular basis. Some artists say they they let's say they uh, they make this series of work and the gallery says, oh, those are beautiful. Keep making those. Right. So they keep making that or or they themselves feel like they need to keep in that line before you know it. And maybe even you're you're really, truly unaware. Sometimes as artists, we begin creating to feed the machine to feed what originally oh. we got attention for or what paid the bill you know what sells and so what happens again consciously or unconsciously is um that part of you that open free like experimental part of you begins to close up a little bit and um that's that's to me a kind of a sadder place to be as a creative spirit because when you're like Hey, I'm 50 years old. And, you know, every year I'm like, oh man, I just figured out a new way to do something or like, oh, I'm going to try that material. And it makes my work different. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it really works. And I'm like, thank you, God, for like, like, thank you that there's that freedom. Um, and it sounds like, oh, this, what a privilege. It is a privilege. Like living this life is ridiculously amazing um and people say oh it's, she's married and her husband pays the mortgage well let me just tell you i was <laughs> i was a sculptor way before i met my husband back in chicago 
I was paying my own rent, doing my own thing on a sculptor salary, um, teaching a lot, which, which balances out the stress of trying to sell your work. Uh, I taught a lot, a lot. And, um, you know, we fell in love, we got married. He's a nerdy scientist and we moved here. And yeah, and he does it. It's French. <laughs> yep. Yes, and, you're very French. And, and very good looking. <laughs> I'll let him know that. Okay. Yeah, let him know. Let him know. I, I, I admire him from afar because he is good looking. Uh, that's funny. Oh Woo! So anyway. Well, look, he, he called me um, back in the day in Chicago because he took my sculpture class. And really? He made a call ahead of time. And he goes, I would like to know what sculpture I choose to bring to the class. And I was like, ooh, he sounds good. But then when he walked in the sculpture room, I was like, oh, mama. And he's good looking and he's, you know, kind of smart. And well, that kind of sealed the deal. <laughs> I, love, I love that. I, and I love the way that you occasionally make fun of him uh, in, in such a very lovely, loving kind of way. You know? He can't wait to meet you, Babs. And he says, he, the way he says your name, he goes, so is this Babs? You had going to talk to Babs? I'm like, yeah, Babs. Anyway, you spoken know like, the like a, a true Frenchman. I, I love to hear it. I'm not I, listen, I never tire of it. So 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 you find yourself in New Haven. What's it like? Does it does it is this a creative place for you? Do you feel like this is an artist town? Do you feel like in like like you can create here. I mean, you are creating here, but does it give you enough of that energy that you're like, okay, there's, I, I got a tribe of a, a community here. Yeah, I, I feel that way in the last five years in particular. I love, I love, New Haven's amazing. New Haven's beautiful. But I'll tell you what, when I first moved here, I was sad as, I was a sad lady. Um, you know, you have young kids, and you're in this bubble. I was in East Rock. I, I'm like, where, where's everybody else? Like <laughs> coming from a big city, you're like, what is this? Or, you know, if you're too locked into the, the Yale's part, you're like, what, it, you know? And, and I was like, oh, if I need to see New Haven, I need to get my butt out and, and figure it out. And I tell this to people who come to New Haven, uh, re relocate to New Haven all the time. Like, don't sit around thinking someone's going to be coming to you. Like you go out and, and figure out the beauty of this city and the diversity of the city and all this city has to offer. So I remember working with Iris right away, the, re, uh, the refugee resettlement mm -hmm. program almost immediately. And that, that was mind blowing, beautiful. Uh, and then I started slowly kind of teaching. I taught at LEAP. T, uh, uh, adolescent girls, um, like summer program. And, you know, just tried to slowly figure out other, how, how the rest of this beautiful city. And, you know, so here we are today, 2023. Um, I feel very appreciated. I feel inspired. I think that we're in a flux with our arts institutions right now. You know, mm -hmm. things are changing. Things are on hold. Um, that feels a little bit sad to me, but also hopeful. Um, 
yeah, there's there's a lot of change. I think everyone's a little nervous. We just found out there's no open studios this year. Uh, so if you want to do it, you have to do it on your own. Like artists have to pretty much figure it out for themselves. Um, and do you think that'll happen? Oh, that's a good question. I think like a Rector Square, since it's such a big, massive place with, I don't know what, 400 artists, you know, if they do it well and they put the time into it, they'll probably organize themselves pretty well. Um, I think it's going to be, it's, I think it's going to be difficult for other places that, you know, here at the Eli Whitney barn, I know um, Linda, Linda Minkin's uh, daughter, what's it? Mm -hmm. she, she's running, she's going to do an open studios with Hamden, some kind of arts alliance in Hamden. So it'll be all kind of Hamden artists that will be in the Yeah, barn. Karima, because she's the, uh, Karima, she's right. the uh, town, yeah. town clerk for Hamden. Right. And, and my sorority sister. And her mother is crazy talented. Beautiful. Love her. Love her spirit. Love her work. She's the real deal because nurses are one of my all-time favorite kind of people in this world. So she's got that layering of her history as a nurse mm -hmm. and as an artist, as a mother. She's the most humble. She's just lovely. She's a really, really wonderful person. I um, agree. I adore her. So yeah, no, and I'm gonna have her on too. She's. I just gotta get her warmed up to it, right? Like she's. <laughs> so so okay, Susan. So so you found a community here. You're doing your art. Um. I saw the piece that was done. Uh, you got some good press around the the Sandy Hook piece that you did, or the piece in 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 remembrance of Sandy Hook, and talk a little bit about. What, what moved you? Like, like, how did you say, I have to do something for this? Because that, for me, I'm still in that space. Like, I mean, we've had a gazillion shooting since, but for me, I'm still, I'm still struck how we've not, how that wasn't enough of a, of a tragedy to move people's hearts and minds to do something around gun control. Like, I'm still stuck in that space. Like, We've had a bunch of school shootings since, but for me, that was that's where I I, I live at the moment. I still live there. Um, talk to me about what moved you. What did you hear? Did did God speak to you? Like, what did you know about this? Well, I will a hundred percent agree with you on everything you just said. I'm living. I I still live there too, and. The, the short story is I was in my studio. My son, who's now 18, was just a year older than the little ones who were killed that day. So I'm in that space as a mother too. Like, oh, this is my, these, my, these are babies that are my baby's age. Um, and it's like, couldn't, can't even begin to wrap your head around it, right? And I'm sitting at, the, at my studio table and I knew in the deepest part of me, like I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to put this somewhere. Oh, like this is going to be for blah, blah. It, like none of that. When the spirit is there and the intention is pure and quiet and whatever, like it just oozes out. And this has happened um, for me over the 30 years, just a handful of times. It's the most fluid beautiful, 
experience, human experience I've, I've ever had because you know, you feel like you're just a vessel that truly God, the universe call what uh, is speaking through you and you're just these two set of hands. But I just, I knew that representing each of those babies or the teachers that died that day in a hyper realistic way didn't, that didn't, didn't make sense because I could have gone there because I can do hyper realistic stuff. I said, this is about the spirit. This is about uh, traveling to this other place, these beautiful babies and how a community can heal, how, how a peace can maybe bring a way to breathe again. And that's what I kept. So I had the names of all the little ones next to me and I started making these uh, and pictures, by the way, like little paper, physical, um, very rough, but like versions of them in paper, basically. Uh, it's like, and, and, and I placed all 20 of them into this very elongated boat vessel that had the ribbing of like the ribbing of the boat was almost like the human rib cage. And What's beautiful about these boats and all of these itty bitties in there is that, you know, they're traveling together. You can see through the boat. You can see through the children. There's a kind of a spirit, spirit-like feel to it, an otherworldly feel to it. And um, placing each, you have to kind of glue each of the figures into the boat and figure out where they're sitting. I mean, I, I remember weeping, just weeping, because each child, that's a lot of, 20 babies, you know, putting mm -hmm. all 20 of them in there. And the day I finished making that, it was a very cold, it was right after the shooting. Uh, it was not right after, because it took me a couple of weeks to make it. So right after I finished, I took it outside my studio and it was a blistering cold day. And I hung it with uh, fishing lines. So you couldn't see how it was hung. I hung it between two trees because I wanted to take a photograph of it. And the air was still, it was, it was a still quiet morning. I hung that boat up. The immediate, I, I kid you not, the, the second I hung that boat out, up, the wind started whipping and the boat was flipping and it was, it was moving around and around and shaking violently. And I just stood there and I wept because it was like, and then it's, and then it went still again. And I take these, um, and I'm sorry if I appear over melodramatic or whatever, but I take those signs from nature and all of the ways that the universe speaks to us as another way of understanding this world. And that rush was so violent and so poor, like gut-wrenching. And then there was peace. You know, the babe, every, it was still. I could take a photo of, of, the, of the boat. Then I exhibited it in Newtown um, about a month later. There was a healing arts exhibition actually organized, partly organizing by parents who just lost their children, which I find a mind blowing. Like, and I, two days later I received a call and this man said, look, I just saw, I saw this boat, my wife and I, we wanna know why you made it. And I talked to him and he said, we lost our son. I, I'm so-and-so, I don't want to give his name on the air. And he said, we lost our son. And I, we know exactly which one of, we know which one on that boat is our son. And my knees start shaking. I thought I was going to collapse on the ground because 
it wasn't, he just said, thank you for giving us another way to process this loss. And, you know, and to this day I almost cry because it's like the power of art can take us places that nothing else can. And mm -hmm. what I mean by not just visual art, but music and other forms of art and literature, it can take us to places nothing else can. And uh, it was that instance that I knew, again, the reaffirming instance that I'm, this is why I'm here on this earth, <laughs> to follow my intuitive self. Uh, and then also um, just that, just tr trust in, just trust in the process and what inspires you, so. Mm. That's it. Well, I was quite moved by it. I saw the piece and I thought, holy cow, like, I just was so moved by it. I haven't gone to see it in person because uh, I know it's it's on display at a church, right? Or It's it's now permanently at um, St. Rosa's of Lima in Newtown, where mm -hmm. several of the families, um, you know, attend church there. The, the father, Father Weiss, it was there for the 10th anniversary right in the main and then now I think they moved it to the school in the back where the little ones um will be hung there for the little ones um yeah it was a it was difficult to even drive it there and then talk to the father Weiss like holy cow the 10 years after thanks is, uh, been so difficult like hearing his his pain was so so difficult because now it's just like let us heal no now it's about guns about crazy conspiracy theories people coming and jumping out of their suvs trying to take pictures it's like combating you know the cray craze <laughs> like god can't even let families heal just you know now it's all the crazies i can't even tell you how many like messages i got calling me crazy after um you know, I put the image out there, made a, a video. There wow. Conspiracy theory people like saying, um, you know, but yeah. yeah. Well, so after that, that kind of experience. So talk to me, Susan, about what inspires you? Because I, I, I'm to the point now where I can recognize your work when I see it. And for me, that is such a, you know, because I'm on this artist track. Not not to be an artist, but to respect and uplift artists, because I think artists are the true revolutionaries. They give us voice and vision to what is happening in the world at the moment. And so when I see your work, I am I am I'm am drawn to it. I'm I'm drawn to it uh, on a lot of levels. One one, because you capture the beauty and the depth and the multi-complexity of black people. Like you do, I see it. So I that I find that impressive. Second, um, you you're young and contemporary, but you your work is so deeply moving in old world, old soul. <laughs> Thank you, Babs. And I mean that. I mean, I I see your work. When I see your work, I'm like, that's a clinic. I know it. <laughs> Thank you, Bev. Uh, that means so much to me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I've, had, I've been referred. My work is 
been referred to as both contemporary and timeless in that, you know, there's an oldness to it. There's an, there's a, there's an old feeling to it. And, um, you know, some, I struggle with that, with being a figurative artist. Uh, it's kind of come back in vogue now, but you know, when I was in my twenties and even thirties, like figurative art wasn't cool. Like if you weren't doing conceptual art, um, yeah, you weren't it. Um, but you, you see that there's a resurgence, um, you know, so uh, that compliment to me is the greatest gift of all. But you know, at, at 50 years old, it's been a journey because it wasn't always like this. Uh, at the beginning, I would just do the portrait or like the late the person standing there, and I was like, uh, uh like there is much more to this world than doing the same old, same old. And I was like, there, there's just so many stories to tell, and when people come in my studio and they see all kinds of beautiful faces, they said, what, why? And I was like, I didn't, it wasn't even something that was like, oh, today I'm gonna go in my studio and sculpt a blah, blah, you know, it, it, these are stories and people I have loved, truly loved, and I consider my family, my, um, these are my extended family, these are people I love. So I, I tell stories of people I love and admire. And um, so that's kind of how, how work has evolved. And I kind of live by the words of the great Nina Simone when she said artists, you know, basically reveal the times in which they live. Mm -hmm. And um, there's so much, there's so, so much angst and beauty out there. Um, I mean, uh, a lot, I've also been criticized about doing too much serious. My work is too serious. It's all sad. And I was like, then you don't know how to look at life because if you can't see the beauty in that person's healing or the process of growing and, um, understanding and compassion, then I look at that person who said that to me as someone who hasn't really, um, seeing the true beauty. I mean, that's, that struggles with their own view of beauty um, because we need, we need to see that the pain uh, or else like, what, what is the beauty? I mean, I know I'm sounding cliche right now, but you, know, you have to, you have to have them both because without the one, there's not the other, right? Mm -hmm. So what excites you? What excites you now? So we got a few more minutes. What excites you? Like what, 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 makes you jump out of the bed and run to the studio what is, what is it um a project i'm working on right now that i can't tell you about but it's <laughs> it, it, in, in a nutshell it's honor it's honoring people who are in their late 80s that are new haven peeps and mm -hmm. who are ridiculously beautiful and that story will come out and um having them sit in my studio for and sculpt their faces and hear their stories just is out just makes my heart go crazy it's oh i'm fascinated excited. because we yeah. tend to want to you know we we live in a society that's so youth driven you know yeah. Yeah. younger tighter skin no wrinkles no gray hair like you just like youth right so so i'm fascinated by um that you capture people uh, at that, because like 80 is like the new 60, right? Like, 
like people are doing all kinds of amazing things that late in uh, you know the late late latter part of their lives right um and i don't think we do enough to celebrate that or catch that's that. true and and even uh and i always find it interesting too is that sometimes we we as a society we don't honor and recognize our older you know uh especially those that have given back so much in communities and in in their and their their art form or whatever um, until they've passed on because there has to be so many meetings to talk about it and how are we going to do this and I was like they're living right now let's do it now they can feel it they can you know like now uh, I don't know it's just I don't know yeah so that's exciting uh you're exciting Babs you're you are inspiring I'm like this girl. woman is getting out constantly. Her <laughs> spirit is full. She is. Uh, you're doing. You know. You're an inspiring human being. And I just, yeah. I, I, I appreciate us getting to know one another. And um, it. I feel like New Haven had this other like whole like layer of onion skin that peeled away um, in the last couple of years of beautiful people like yourself that I've met. So. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I'm such a fan of you and your work. I'm gonna make my way to your studio because Please. I want to. I want to walk in there and feel all the all the things. And uh, yes, the Clint Art Sculpture Studio. And uh, and I I didn't get a chance to do it at Open Studios. And I'm so bummed that I didn't because you had a whole thing going on, and I wanted to. But I'll, I, I'll I must make my year. way. Yeah, I'll do it this year. I'll I'll join the Hamden Artist and. I would love to see you, but you know what, Babs, you can come anytime. You can come. I appreciate anytime. that. I appreciate <laughs> that. And and thank you for my 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 piece of sculpture that you gifted me. That was part of my exhibit at uh, Hidden Visions, um, um, Freedom Dreams. That was at Creative Arts Workshop, and it was in my display case. And which I was, was by the way, an awesome. That was an awesome show. Wasn't Truth that great? Great. I, I love that so much. I was sad to see when I when I walked back in to see everybody taking their stuff down and it was gone. I was like, it's oh. like, oh, I wasn't prepared for this, you know, not to see that artwork hanging and the sculptures. And I was just like, oh, this I hope hurts. I hope you photographed that that wall where everybody wrote on. Did you? Oh, lots of people photographed it. Nico Good. Whedon took a really great photo of it. Yes, that was that was that was probably my favorite thing. <laughs> that was great, great, great. So, now you have that bench up in your house or something. Well, or it's a, it's on my porch, wrapped up. <laughs> okay, it's, it's gonna make its rounds. It's gonna be in the um, Six Dimension show by Juanita Sunday. Nice. That's coming this summer, so I'm gonna put it in her her exhibit because this thing can't. I don't got no space in my house. It got yeah. it's, it's got to keep moving. <laughs> Yep. So, Susan, it was such a joy and a delight to have you as my guest this morning. Thank you, Babs. I'm I I really really appreciate it. I hope you have a beautiful like the sunny day. You get out and enjoy the sun. I am. I do my best before it rains. Yep. But that's all right. <laughs> Thank you, Susan Clinard. I will see you, you soon. <laughs> all right. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you, bye. Harry Droz. Thank you, Paul Bass. I'm out. I'll be back tomorrow. Y'all make it a good day. Don't hurt nobody. I'll see y'all soon. <laughs> <laughs>